Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep is money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Aron Sports Podcast. It is Wednesday, November 13th, 2019. Frank Aron here as always. And uh yeah, week week ten of NFL is in the books. We're uh we're into the second half here. I know uh myself I got LASIK last week on Friday, so that was a little uh little dicey there, and then uh pretty fun gopher game bounced back Saturday and then a full NFL slate on Sunday, so it wasn't too bad, uh for uh for all things considered. But let's uh let's bring in bring in Rob here, head upstairs. How you doing today there, Crabber? Yeah, not doing too bad. It was, uh, the game trip your eyes a little bit last weekend from the rough uh, NFL week or what? Yeah, that, that didn't help the matter, but, uh, yeah, I, had, I don't know if it was a little overcautious or not, but I was wearing the sunglasses inside for at least Saturday when we, when we were watching the Gopher game and whatnot, but that was a little, uh, little interesting. Had to make sure I was putting in those drops. That's right. Gotta be on top of that. Something you can't, uh, mess around with. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. What, uh, any, anything interesting new with you? No, same old stuff, just, uh, grinding away. Grinding away as usual. Yeah, yeah same old, same old. They got, uh, we got our first, not big snow, but a little bit of snow outside, so even more reason to stay inside and, and do some capping. <laughs> yeah, All hopefully, right. uh, hopefully well, that, uh, cold weather will help us out here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, well, let's start it off and do a little weekend recap. The weekend recap. All right, so how was week 10 from your perspective there, Crabber? Yeah, pretty funny. Uh, I think last week I had about the, the least feel in the last few weeks probably, and this is the week I ended up actually profiting from. I went 3-2 and two on the release plays if you include that Thursday game, which uh, I had a couple couple games that I was a little bit off on that I kind of was a little bit fortunate to get there, and then some other games I was just completely off on. So, like, that Cincy game just was basically done from the beginning. I had no chance of getting there. Just something you kind of – a bet like that, you kind of just know is in the cards, and you know you're taking a bad team and so many points at home. But so one of the things, just long-term, you kind of just take it out of principle, coming off a buy in the situation. It didn't work out this time, but uh, it's something a game you just kind of really can't watch. and. Hope it works out in the long term, but yeah, then some other games I got a little fortunate to get there. But uh, yeah, all in all, I guess a slightly positive weekend, but definitely not uh, not a great weekend from uh, you know trying to stay on top of things as opposed to being on the right sides or you know getting capping in the right direction by any means. But uh, I guess if you look at just the strict profit for the short term, it, uh, it was a profitable week. How about yourself? Yeah, I actually didn't release any plays last week. I, there's a handful of games I kind of liked and. Even like my pick of the week, which went down by a couple inches when Carolina couldn't sneak it in there and ended up losing by eight in Lambeau. That was one where I was kind of waiting for Green Bay money all week, just figuring, you know, that there was going to be some at some point. It 
I don't know, it didn't really seem to uh to move upwards at all and thought about releasing it and I was just like, Yeah. I saw there was gonna be weather there and it just I don't know, the more I thought about it I'm like, Yeah, I just don't got a great feeling about this. So I, I did I bet it myself, but I didn't really feel like releasing it and then I liked the Bears. But then the with the Stafford news and that line kinda got out of whack and uh even like the Vikings I liked when I was I got a three and a half myself, but I didn't really feel great with the market. You know, not being like a standard three and a half. A couple times I looked at it, I didn't really feel great about releasing that either. So it was weird. I, I don't know. I had a lot of a lot of stuff I liked a little bit, but nothing that I really felt great about releasing. So, uh, you know, no harm, no foul. Sometimes that's uh, that's not a not a bad way to do it. Just uh, be be ultra selective and wait till you find something you really like. So, hopefully, a few jump out at us this week here to get the ball rolling. Uh, all right, let's do. Oh yeah, one one other thing that was super frustrating is I had a couple, a uh, couple separate survivor pools I was in where there was about, you know, fifteen percent of the the entrants left and put both of them on the Saints just to win that game outright. Even though I actually bet a little bit on the Falcons plus fourteen, uh, and I just thought I just couldn't believe how inept the Saints were all day long. It was just I figured at least even when they were down early, I'm like, well, they got a run in them and they're you know I'm still okay. And then just kept waiting for it and kept waiting for it. It just never came. So that was a little frustrating. But between them losing and the Colts losing outright, I mean, survivor pools had to have just, or eliminator pools, or you want to call them, they had to have uh, taken a pretty big beating, even the Chiefs losing last week. I mean, that, uh, I guess Baltimore was about the only big favor that got home, but I think a lot of people had used them up earlier in the year. So, uh, yeah, if you got, got through in that, you know, Kudos to you. You got to be uh, one of the few, so you're pretty live in those. But unfortunately, I wasn't part of that group. So anyway, let's uh, jump into it and do a little getting the best of the number. Getting the best of the number. All right. So we have any qualifiers this week for getting the best of the number? Yeah, we had one for sure, and then one kind of an iffy one. Um, so yeah, let's get the first one. We had the Buffalo Cleveland game at Cleveland. Open there, Cleveland minus two and a half. That closed pretty much across the board. Cleveland three, and that game landed right 19 to 16, uh, right on three. So uh, another perfect example there. Bet that early on Cleveland. Playing under a field goal, that key number, and you would have won, or you could get a push on Buffalo if you bet it later like I did myself uh, at three. It just uh, I know we talked about the podcast, but that's just a number where you really liked having the three there in a low-scoring game and ended up. Working out that way. Um, obviously, Buffalo missed a few, few few field goals there. They easily could have won that game. And likewise, Cleveland was on the goal line and couldn't get in about eight, whatever, eight, ten, twelve times, whatever it was, and yeah. inside their own five yard line. But um, yeah, anyways, yeah, kind of a kind of a crazy low scoring game in a sense. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, what they land on three. And then the other example I did have. Not quite as good because of that injury to Stafford, but Detroit-Chicago, it was lingering less than three all week, one and a half, two, two and a half, somewhere in there, and then uh, kind of took a lot of money after the injury to to uh, Stafford if, once he was announced out uh, with his back. So that got moved up and just kind of got some steady money, and it, from what I saw, I saw some sevens pop up, and then those kind of got bought up right away, and I think the consensus closed six and a half, but there were some sevens out there at one time uh, during the week. Uh, I guess later in the week on like Saturday, Sunday morning, and that game landed 20 to 13 right on seven. So again, kind of a little more of a nitpicky example, but I figure I might as well throw it in. Yeah, absolutely. I know, I, like you said, you were on, you had some Bills plus three, and so did I. So, uh, you know, just 
when the difference is whether you put the bet in at two and a half or three and one person loses, one person gets a push, that uh, can make all the difference. So, all right, let's, uh, that's enough talking about week 10 in the past. Let's go ahead and uh, jump into the card here for week 11. Uh, looks like we got four bye teams this week. You got the Packers, Titans, Giants, and Seahawks on the bye. Uh, started off on Thursday, AFC North battle. The uh, aforementioned Cleveland Browns are hosting the Steelers of Pittsburgh. And it looks like uh, Cleveland sees some two-and-a-halves with extra juice or some threes with juice towards Pittsburgh and a total of four-and-a-half. Yeah, um, so I do every week. I'll get my power rating number, just the strict numbers between these two teams. Look headline from the Westgate in Las Vegas. Just kind of give a sense of where this number was before the last week's game. And then we also have the opener, what they opened at Sunday afternoon after the this week's game, or at least most of them except for the Sunday night game and the Monday night game. And then also what the total opened at, so you can kind of get a barometer and judge where you're, uh, where the line's going and or where it, where it came from and where it might be going. So, yeah, this game here, Pittsburgh at Cleveland, power rating here for me, Cleveland minus two and a half. Look headline, Cleveland minus three in the total, or sorry, the Westgate opened. Cleveland two and a half minus one twenty, and then the total here open forty one. Um, yeah, to me, I don't know. This is a, a game that uh, Thursday night game that you, you know you kind of to start. You want to seem like you kind of want to look at the favorites. It seems like a kind of a good starting point, but then when you look kind of further into it, it seems like a lot of times you want to take the better coach here, and I think it's pretty undeniable that uh, you're getting a way better coach from in, in the Pittsburgh perspective as opposed to Cleveland. I know they've been in shambles there with Freddie Kitchens and. The play calling, like I mentioned in the last segment, about not being able to get in when they're inside their own five-yard line on the goal line and, and just play calling and all that, um, as opposed to, to Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. I mean, it's he's done a pretty good job. I don't think anybody could argue that from where the team's been after the rough start they had, and they've kind of clawed their way out of here. And I've definitely been down on this Pittsburgh team. But, again, I had uh, quite a bit of money on them again last week, not me personally uh, for my own bet, but uh, from, a, from a group. And uh, it's definitely – I don't know. It definitely wasn't the right side. And whether that's be more of a Rams problem or a Pittsburgh being good on defense and, uh, you know, causing that, that's kind of the, the difference. I'd say obviously somewhere in the middle would probably be the best answer. But I guess all that being said, it seems to me, uh, I just don't really, I don't, I can't really pack Cleveland here. I think even if you're getting the short home a little bit less than three as a, a home favorite, I just feel like, you know, to me, take the better coach in Pittsburgh, but obviously, you know, coming off of three, it's just a little bit harder. Like we talked about in that Buffalo game, it's just, uh, three, Three being such a key number, and he had in the low total. For me, the only way I could play this game would be at Pittsburgh. If you get a three, you're a little bit extra juicy. Even I see some threes, 120 right now uh, over in Vegas. So that'd be the only way I could look. But again, it's just to get, I'm not really too strong or too confident on. It. I think the way I'd look at this game, if anything, would be uh, maybe taking the game under. I think Pittsburgh defense has been good, and I'm really having really not too sold on the Rudolph. And I think Cleveland, like I said, has been a struggling offense as well. So yeah, look, look look under here for me. Yeah, as with you, I've been. Kind of looking to go against Pittsburgh in a lot of different ways because I'm just not a Rudolph believer whatsoever. But I think I have underrated their defense a little bit. I mean, they they rank third in DVOA this year, which I was kind of surprised about. And then you look at every other unit of the, in this game, you know, they're 28th in offense according to DVOA, and Cleveland's 24th and 23rd. So, like, you know, according to that, which I think pretty much confirms the eye test when you're watching is. The only real good unit out of any of these four that I even somewhat trust is the Pittsburgh defense. And I think, somewhat myself included, uh, the last you know month or so, I think everybody is kind of gives Cleveland too much credit just because they have these 
sexy skill position players that people have in fantasy, and they just kind of get enamored with them. But their line is just not that good by any means, and Baker's been, uh, you know, questionable at best as far as his decision-making and and play has been this year. And then, like you said, it all comes back to the, the coaching. just seems pretty abysmal, and like the, yeah, the play calling when they're – had eight players inside the five yard line and they couldn't get in. It just, uh, there's just something that doesn't, this is not working there. So I don't love Pittsburgh here. Basically my sole reasoning is I just don't have any faith in Rudolph. I don't think he's that good as a quarterback for Pittsburgh. But that being said, I don't have any faith in Cleveland either. And even though I got a push last week betting against him on a Bills team, I'm not even all that heavy on. It just seems like. I don't know, Cleveland, not that they get a ton of respect by any means, but I think they still get a tiny bit more than they should for the performance they've actually put on the field. So um, I'm, I would say I'm kind of cooling a little bit betting against Pittsburgh just because their defense has played so good here recently. But I'm still definitely open to uh, fading Cleveland any chance you get. And I think here's not the best opportunity, but it's a decent opportunity. So I would uh, lean Pittsburgh as well. All right, uh, on to Sunday, we got Dallas heading to Detroit. Seen any numbers on this game? I know with Stafford's injury, I don't know, it might be a limited market or off the board entirely. Yeah, I don't really see much at all. Uh, I think he's such a big, as you saw last week, such a big, I guess I shouldn't say that. I see, I see, I do see a six and a half that's live. I just looked at it. I thought it wasn't available, but um, I'm sure the limits are pretty low on that. But uh, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because I think, uh, especially these offshore markets, they're going to be waiting. Most of them are going to be waiting until they know uh, for sure if Stafford's in or out with being such a big, uh, impact the point spread. Yeah, for sure. So I'd, I don't know. He, I think Stafford, even though he takes a lot of uh, a lot of criticism for his his team's record, I think it hasn't really been the issue. And I think he's a pretty pretty good quarterback. So um, like you said, obviously it's a pretty big pretty big differentiator. So instead of going into this and saying there's not really anywhere, I guess unless Stafford was playing, and that six and a half or something holds in, and probably like a piece of Detroit, but Dallas played a pretty good game last week against the Vikings, even though they didn't get the victory. So, not really sure exactly what uh, how they're going to come out. But yeah, for let's what it's worth, next, just, just yeah. what it's worth, just for my power rating numbers. Uh, if, if Stafford's out, I have this game Dallas two, or if he's in, I have Dallas two and a half, and if he's out, then I have it at eight and a half. So this number coming at six and a half for the one shop I do see offshore, it's telling me uh, you know, most likely a non-Stafford line. So, um, yeah, like you said, it's just. Uh, Hard, hard, hard. We don't know the numbers or what's what the situation is. Yeah, no one needs to spend a whole lot more time on that game. All right, next game up, we got an NFC South battle. Got New Orleans heading to Tampa Bay. Looks like New Orleans is a five and a half point road chalk here with a total of fifty. Yeah, my power rating here: uh, the Saints minus six. Look at line: Saints four and a half. Westgate open Saints four and a half, and the total you're open fifty one and a half. Uh, kind of taking. I'm kind of surprised by this, taking some money under, and uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I definitely disagree with it. I know I've kind of uh, beaten to the dead horse there with the Tampa Bay over, but I think uh, this is, a, I think, a pretty good situation here to, to get this game over the total here. So I'll start with there. I think that's uh, where I'd first look, especially going against the market or the first market move here. Um, I won't be surprised if this, this game came back. Um, I don't see anything weather-related or anything like that, so I'm not sure exactly where that money's coming. It seems to me it'd be the most make the most sense that uh, the under money's coming just from New Orleans' performance last week. 
Um, maybe maybe the offensive line has a little bit to do with it. I'm not sure, but it's to, to me. Well, I, I think, think New it's, Orleans defense is basically. I mean, they've played a lot of 13-6, you know, type games. Yeah, that but I'm just wondering because, like I said, they're taking a lot of money, so it seems like. Um, and to me, it seems like when they're moving this much already, this early in the week, it seems like it's uh, almost a bad number if they're moving already you know, a couple points on a total like that. Uh, it seems to me like someone's betting something because of you know some recency bias. And I mean, obviously, we've seen New Orleans and their defense has been pretty dominant. So I guess it comes down to either a bad number they opened at or uh, somebody you know sees some last game, uh, some money coming in that way. But anyway, yeah, I. I I can see that, obviously, with the Saints' defense. I guess we'll kind of see where this number goes. But, uh, again, I think this is something to be uh, of a game where it's be more of a shootout type of game. It seems like these two teams always have more of a shootout type of game. So um, I, know, I know it's still high total, but still getting under 50, I think, is definitely uh, where I'll look is to go over. From a side perspective, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of crazy, too, that New Orleans, uh, from the look-ahead, you know, they're taking some money here from the opener and the look-ahead. So, obviously, they're looking for a bounce back here for New Orleans. and. It's hard to argue with that, but at the same time, I feel like there might be some serious flaws there uh, for the Saints, and especially with Breeze, I think, as he's getting older and having a game like that. Uh, again, not that I'm going to fade him just because of that reason this week, but it seems to me like having a game like that where he gets beat up and getting sacked constantly and against a divisional rival and a, a tough game, it seems like uh, that's it might be a little bit more tougher for him to bounce back as he's getting older. So, again, maybe not this game, but as, a, as the season goes on, those are going to wear on him for sure, so. Um, as from a side, I really don't have any uh, opinion. I mean, the only way I don't think I could lay this many points with the Saints right now. I think uh, you know, if you get a six, I guess I see a few sixes available. You know, maybe take a small, small look with Tampa Bay, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree. Had what did you say the look at line was here? Uh, look at line was New Orleans four and a half. That's what yeah, opened so, as well, and they took some money. So, I mean, I can see where. After last week with Tampa winning against Arizona, and that's not super impressive, but you know they've been they could have beat uh, the Seahawks a couple weeks ago, and they very well could have beat the Titans before that. And they last time against the Saints only lost by seven at the Saints when they were in the middle of their role. And so I mean I think Tampa just seems like a team that's going to kind of play down to competition or play up to competition. And like we said, they're a really high variance team pretty much all year. So I can see where if, well, it's your opportunity to buy low on the Saints after they put up such a dud last week and that look-ahead line got whacked way down or, you know, it came out a lot lower than you were getting, so you lost a lot of value. But the fact it came out the same and now it's been betting, being bet towards the Saints, uh, it just, I think, kind of uh, firmly puts me in the Tampa Bay camp because even if the Saints are closer towards the good team they've been for most of the season, I think this is a decently fair line uh and then if they are if they're anything if they resemble anything like they were last week then this is a great you're getting a great bargain on tampa bay so i mean even even a lot of the games i know a lot of those are with bridgewater but even week one with against the texans they should have lost that game outright uh monday night uh to start the season and then they go to the rams and get beat and that was when breeze got hurt so and then then of course they went on that big winning streak with teddy a lot of those games are winning by six, two, seven, five. Uh, that Bears game, they ended up only winning by 11, but they really blew them out. But, I mean, from what we've seen of Breeze so far, it really hasn't been impressive. We're only talking about a two-and-a-half game sample size, so I uh, tend to lean more towards what he's done his whole career. But as advanced age, 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's kind of starting to lose it. And even in the last couple of years, they've went away from that shootout offensive team that you remember from the Saints being to a more run-it, ball-control type team. And now with that uh, Pete, their off at Pro Bowl offensive lineman, out for six weeks, and I know, uh, you know Camara's banged up. I don't know. I'm, sh- I'm not sure if he's likely to go or not, but if they don't have him, you're talking about just Latavius Murray, who I don't think's as good a running back as Ingram was for him, and they're two-headed monster. It just seems to me like there's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of issues uh, potentially with New Orleans, and I think, I don't think Breeze is nearly as valuable or as good of a quarterback as he was a few years ago, and and their defense has kind of carried them, but I know they've been pretty banged up here recently too. So if we see more of the same, what we saw last week, I just, I love Tampa on this spot. Even I could definitely see Tampa, you know, Winston throwing a pick or two and, and, you know, charging late and falling short and losing the game by three or four points. I could definitely see that. So I, I could see making the case for New Orleans at a bounce back spot, but, um, I'm, I'm not really buying it here. I think uh, the value's on Tampa, and that's uh, that's the way I'd go. Next game, we got another NFC South battle. This time we got Atlanta heading to Carolina. Carolina laying five and a half here at home with a total of forty nine and a half fifty. Yeah, my power rating here: Carolina minus seven. Look headline: Carolina seven. Westgate open: Carolina six. And the total here open fifty one. And uh, this one's kind of getting bet similarly. It's similar point spread range, and the totals. Uh, it's pretty much the same as well, and it's kind of opened up higher and getting bet down a little bit. This one, I think I definitely uh, like the like looking under more so than the other game for sure. Um, so I, I like where the money's coming. I don't know if it's enough for me to get getting behind it, but uh, makes a little more sense to me for sure. Um, point spread perspective, it uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like Atlanta, you know, you're kind of losing some value. Like I said, uh, the look ahead line was seven, so you're losing a little bit of value coming down a little bit. But I think. If you were trying to back Atlanta here, I think that's probably a good sign from last week as opposed to them not being competitive. I think that shows they're trying and shows that Ryan kind of gave them a spark. Uh, the question is going to be, is that spark going to last another game? And especially after Carolina came off a pretty uh, you know, tough loss against Green Bay there, that's uh, that might be a tough one for them to recover from. Um, it might potentially you know blow their chances or, or at least not you know make it a lot more difficult to get into the playoffs for sure to get in that wild card spot. So, yeah, I don't know. I think they're going to be, uh, you know, come back. I think this would be a good bounce back spot for Carolina probably. But again, I just don't know if I trust them in this point spread with, uh, with Atlanta, uh, not just basically throwing in the towel or giving up because they, they've always been able to put up points and, and be competitive if, uh, at times, uh, even when they've been bad this year. So, uh, last week I think is a, a decent sign for Atlanta. But again, I don't know. I just don't have a really good feel for this game. So for, for all in all, I think it's a pretty easy pass for me. Yeah, just it's I'm just so flummoxed by that Atlanta Saints game last week. I think it was more indicative of the Saints just not showing up. Um, so I tend to not totally write it off for Atlanta because that is the first signs of life they've had in a while. Other than that, they've just been getting beat pretty soundly for the last couple months here. But at, at the same time, I just I, I really want to take Carolina here when I think it's a real good spot for them coming back home and it's you know it's a manageable point spread range but I just don't I don't know if I trust Carolina's offense enough like I like McCaffrey a lot and I just think Atlanta that I mean you can beat them a lot of different ways but it just seems like well, people have been able to throw all over them and I just don't know if I trust Carolina necessarily to do that you know Allen looked 
pretty solid last week against Green Bay uh, with the snow coming down and everything. I thought he, did, he actually did a pretty good job, and I uh, give him credit for that. But there's not a team, I just think in general, that I think of when I think of putting up a lot of points. And when you're asking them to cover this, which isn't Tom, but it's over a field goal, they're not at the top of my list of teams I'm looking forward to back here. But that being said, uh, I just think I think Atlanta might have had one real good performance against a uh, probably their biggest rival, and now here's a natural flat spot when they're two and seven and really have nothing to play for. And like you said, with Carolina, that loss hurt them as far as the playoff picture goes. But now come back home here and uh, even more of a not a must win, but a you know really would like to win type game. I think you're going to get a real good effort from Carolina, and not totally sure what you're going to get from Atlanta. So. I can see putting Carolina on like money line parlays and such, and uh, you know maybe worthy of a of a bet too. Uh, just you know laying the five and a half. I think that's uh, the side I would go. Next game we got Jacksonville heading to Indianapolis. Looks like Indy's laying three here with uh, some extra juice towards Jacksonville on a total of forty three and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, um, I'm still unknown on the quarterback, so I think uh, it looks like it's probably me Brissett, but if this uh... If it's not Brissett that I have right now in my power rating, I have Indy 1. We do get a healthy, uh, fully healthy Brissett, and he is playing. I got it at 3. So I look at line here, Indy 3.5, Westgate open, Indy 3, and the total here open 44. The other is just going to be Foles for the Jags, right? Yeah, and then Foles is going to be the starter exactly. So, I mean, to, to me, I think this is a, a fairly easy game to go with. I, I think especially if you get a 3, a little bit tougher to find a flat 3, especially now. but um, even a little bit of extra juice. I think there is it is worth uh, taking Jacksonville here. I mean, just spot wise, it's a pretty good spot for Jacksonville. I, I unfortunately, you know, obviously, Indy got beat last week against Miami in pretty embarrassing fashion, so that doesn't help. But I think that kind of is a little bit more of a, a, a you know, just a, a negative towards Indy as opposed to uh, Miami playing good. And I think Miami, they've been what won the last two games and then covered the last five, so they've been kind of on an uptick, but. I think that's a pretty bad loss for Indy, and I think Jacksonville is kind of on an opposite spot here. I mean, they're coming off a bye. They came off a pretty embarrassing loss and another divisional rival uh, in Houston before the bye, and uh, they're going to have you know be off extra rest here. They're getting a new quarterback in. That's going to bring hopefully some life back after you know he got injured the first week there in the fa- first half of the game, and after they paid quite a bit of money and you know trade and stuff like that to get Foles here to Jacksonville and. uh I think this is going to give uh, the, you know the Jacksonville a little bit of a spark here, especially because they're still you know technically in the playoffs. They're not too far out. I mean, they can make a run, especially with the wild card pretty much up for grabs there in the AFC. So I think this is a a game that Jacksonville needs and a game that they should be focused and and, and should be able to I think take uh, take care of business. So if you give me three here, I think I like I like that quite a bit uh, on Jacksonville and. One thing I'm a little worried about, I'm not really sure where the number is going because I don't know. Because uh, like I said, on my screen, I still don't have. Brissett is the name starter, so if he does get the name starter for sure, I would expect this line to come back up, uh, back to three, just uh, for you know for the sake of knowing for sure who the quarterback is. I definitely think there's a difference uh, between the two quarterbacks, so I think uh, that's the one thing I'm not really sure when to be the best time to bet this one, I guess. So I think for me, I'm going to maybe wait a little bit longer, wait until I see if we can get a name starter. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely like the Jacksonville side, uh, no matter which way you look at it. Yeah, I'm not sure what to make of this game. I think these teams are fairly even i mean their their records are you know four and five and five and four so i i don't know if there's going to be a huge motivational edge i think both teams are gonna 
they're they're going to be pretty motivated here to uh you know this is a fairly pivotal game not only against each other as far as the playoff pitcher goes but just in in general in the in the conference and trying to keep pace with Houston as much as possible uh both these teams just kind of seem like middle of the road teams uh you know the DVA they're both right there right in the middle of the league for offense and defense uh for all four units in this game i think that kind of makes sense uh it says Brissett was a full participant in practice today on Wednesday, so I would say there's a pretty good chance he starts. And yeah, like you said, I, I'm sure that would bring the money a little bit towards Indy. Um, I like I like Reich as the Indy coach a little bit better, and I think that's another one of the unknowns with Foles is I'd say at full strength in the flow of a season, I'd probably take Foles a little bit over Brissett, but I think they're fairly close. But it's just hard to tell with you know the, the is Brissett going to be hobbled at all factor versus is Foles going to be rusty at all factor? So I think I would lean Indy, but then you also have the the kicker situation. And I don't, is Vinatieri gone now, or is he? Do you know if he's still around? I don't know. That's a good question. I know I mentioned that on the podcast, but when I was on the Colts uh, or betting against the Colts last week about all that, definitely was hard when it you have here, a, stick with our guy Vinatieri amid struggles. So I. I guess he's still the kicker, and that's definitely worrisome. Yeah, that's what, yeah, like I mentioned, like I was getting to mention last week about how, especially these close games, how much a uh, big difference he can make there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So that's something that gives me a little bit of pause when you're talking about a, I think this number's pretty much on. I think these teams are fairly equal and, you know, the three points here for Indy, but it's like if, if, if you need him to come through for you, I have zero faith whatsoever, so. Uh, I can see I can see you making the case for Jacksonville, um, and I wouldn't totally disagree with you. But I mean, the teams they've beat this year—the Titans, Broncos, Bengals, and Jets—who I'm not all that impressed with whatsoever—and they're just a weird team. Where I think sometimes they can play up above where I think they are, and other times they're just abysmal, like they were against the Texans last time we saw them in London. So. Don't really know what to make of this Jacksonville team whatsoever, and just with all these unknowns that I've kind of been mentioning here throughout this uh, handicap, to me this is a pretty easy one to just stay away from, and uh, hopefully we get Brissett and Foles in there so we can kind of get an idea of, of what they're going to be like going forward, so maybe we can uh, use that to our advantage here in the future. Next game, we got Denver heading to Minnesota. Uh, it looks like the Vikings are 10.5-point home favorites here with a total of 40.5. Yeah, my power rating here, Minnesota 11.5. Look at line, Minnesota 10.5. Westgate opened this game, Minnesota 9.5 before the Sunday night game and then reopened Monday morning after the Sunday night game, Minnesota 10.5. And then the total here opened 38.5 uh, Monday morning. Um, obviously, start off this one, Denver cut off a bye, um, backup quarterback, and it looks like we're getting Allen again, which, again, I don't – I don't, I don't put a whole lot of stock in him, but yeah, I don't, this, this game's a pretty easy pass for me, I guess, all in all. It's, uh, not much for me to talk about. I mean, Minnesota been a little bit of a letdown spot, I guess. Uh, so definitely situation, situationally wise, situation wise, for sure, uh, looks the Denver, Denver side for sure. Obviously, uh, Minnesota come off the big win Sunday night against Dallas and then Denver come off the bye to Minnesota. So good thing Minnesota's coming home. I guess that's the one advantage, but uh, other than that, yeah, it's definitely a, a Denver spot, but again, I don't, I don't really trust this team, and my power rating number has this game a little bit higher than it is now. So to me, it's a it's a pretty easy pass uh, uh, for the most part. Yeah, agreed. Other than that kind of weird Thursday night where they beat the Redskins by ten, the Vikes have just been 
crushing people at home, even like that Raiders win now where they won by 20, and it probably wasn't even that close. That looks more impressive now than it did. And then the Falcons, where they blew them out, that looks a little bit less impressive than we thought week one. But so far, the Vikings really haven't been. Oh, and then they beat the Eagles by 18 at home, too. So, I mean, they really haven't been even competitive in any game they played at home so far this year. They've just blown everybody out. So I agree that it is a pretty big Denver spot. So that would definitely give me pause. And, uh, I mean, who knows what to make of, uh, to make of Allen. I don't think he can really take a whole lot away from that game against the Browns, which is kind of a weird game where they end up holding on. So, yeah, for me, I'll, I agree. Um, not really much he, I'd want to do with this game. Not a spot where I really want to tease the Vikings, but I don't really want to lay that price with them either when judging the spot. And I just don't trust Denver or want any piece of them. So, yeah, I agree. Easy pass here for me. Next game. Got a couple of trash teams here. We got the Jets heading to Washington. And uh Washington lane one, one and a half here at home with a total of thirty eight and a half. Yeah, my power rating here is a pick 'em. Uh no look headline available on this one. Uh the opener from the Westgate had Washington one and a half and the total here opened thirty seven and a half. Um yeah, this one I I I like the Jets. I guess we'll keep it simple. I liked the Jets last week a little bit too and uh didn't end up pulling the trigger like I probably should have, but they uh, looked a little bit, uh, you know, not like a, one of the worst teams in the league uh, for the last since a couple weeks before that they did. But uh, this this game here, I think it's the last four weeks when I was on them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, since the Dallas game, pretty much uh, every week since then, other than last week. But yeah, to me, it's to me it's a pretty simple handicap. It's just uh, like I said, I was at that Thursday night game when Haskins was had to take over for Keenum in the second half against the Vikings and. You know, watching him another week, it's just he's just not able to move the ball. I don't think he's he's a, an NFL quarterback, and this offense has been done been able to do nothing and can't get in the end zone even if they do get on the other side of the field. And uh, this Jets defense, I think, is probably their best unit. So um, I, I think they're kind of getting better too, or especially if the offense can can help them at all. So um, yeah, to me, with the low total, it seems to me if you can take some points here with the Jets, and I don't get much home field for Washington right now, I think pretty minimal, maybe like one and a half points. So, I mean, you're basically uh, taking that. You're saying these are even teams. I think Jets, I think I definitely think the Jets are a better team right now. Um, I just, especially with the quarterback. And again, this is a situation where if, if they had Keenum in at quarterback, I would go from liking Washington a, a great deal if it was under three. So I think there's a, a really big difference in quarterback. I've been saying that for several weeks now. And I think this is uh, another thing, another, Another line that I don't think there's any reason it shouldn't be uh, any more than a pick em. So, uh, yeah, I'll take the Jets, give me a little bit of the extra point, or take the money line and, uh, you know, give me the Jets here. Yeah, we both said that. I think when Haskins came in, was it the Giants? Or he came in at one game in a relief effort earlier in the year. I remember we were watching that game, and we just said, oh, boy, this guy has no chance. Yeah, he had three interceptions in that Giants game uh, in week four there. And then Keenum came back and, and, uh, you know, they, whatever, put him back to the bench, but now he's coming back to start for the rest of the year and he just doesn't look like an NFL quarterback. So I, I totally agree. If, if this was Keenum under three, I think Washington's every bit as good talent wise as the Jets. Overall, I think they're kind of similar teams. And I think Darnold can be up or down. Obviously he's shown signs, but he's also struggled quite a bit against certain teams. So I'm not 100% sold on him, but at least he's had bright spots. I think he's 
a capable potential NFL quarterback. Whereas yeah, Haskins, he just looked like a disaster basically every game. That's even last last time against the Bills a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know they lost twenty four to nine, and they were kind of lingering in that game. But it was basically, I think, the Callahan was just trying to keep keep watching the game to make it look competitive. It doesn't really seem like they were ever pressing the issue or trying to do anything. They were almost just trying to like lose respectively against a uh, well, we know not really a great Bills team, even though they're probably better than the Jets here a little bit. But still, um, it just seems like they kind of know Haskins doesn't have it. And they're starting them to at least see what they have, but yeah, I think anytime you can bet against Haskins in this price range where you're catching points, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, maybe we'll be dead wrong, and maybe he figures it out, but I don't think you can count on one hand how many times you're going to be catching points betting against Haskins here, uh, you know, probably the rest of his career. So, uh, yeah, definitely give me the Jets here, and uh, hopefully they don't lay an egg like they have uh, the last few times I bet on them. <laughs> I want to add for this game too. I didn't mention it when I was when I was talking, but I think it's definitely a game that you want to get into early. I just don't see how this line can hold. I don't, I, I won't be surprised if Jets again around the pick'em range it moves pretty quickly. But I won't be surprised if Jets end up closing the favorite here. So it's something you want to jump on earlier rather than later, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. It's I think way more likely to go towards the Jets than it is to get up near three. That's uh, I would totally agree with you there. All right, next game we got Buffalo heading to Miami. Uh, Buffalo laying six here on the road with a total of 40 and a half. Um, yeah, my power rating, Buffalo six. Look headline, Buffalo seven and a half. Westgate open, Buffalo six and a half. And the total, you're open 39. Yeah, this is, this, this, this is a tough game for me. Um, I, I guess there's a lot of tough games for me this week, so I should probably stop saying that. But, um, it, it, to me, it just seems like, you know, this is kind of a Miami spot where, okay, take the six points. Uh, and that's probably where I'm going to go, uh, take the six points here. And just, you know, Buffalo's just kind of an overrated team. Their record's been overrated, and I was on Buffalo last week, and that's a game I thought they would have been able to win and, and play a little bit better. But that offense just really isn't able to, I guess a lot of it has to do with Allen, too. It just isn't really able to, to put up points uh, like they, they, you kind of hope. Um, but the, you know, the problem with this game with, with Miami is it just, you know, even the look headline, just look at just that from one week to the next. And it was seven and a half on the look headline. I mean, just every week you're losing value on Miami. Cause it, like I said earlier in the podcast, won two games outright now when they're supposed to be the worst team in the league by far and have the first round draft pick. And then they also have covered the last five games. I mean, it's just, you know, people are going to catch on to that and then you know, eventually you're going to lose, you know, all the value and, and, and something like that. But with that being said, I just, I still can't fathom laying this many points with Buffalo on the road <laughs> in a divisional game. I just, uh, with that bad offense and a low total, it just doesn't add up to me. So, I mean, it's kind of frustrating because you're, you're, like I said, losing a lot of value, but at the same time, uh, the only way I can look here again is, uh, taking Miami and, and you need to take <coughs> six for sure, but, uh, pretty much six across the board. It looks like it's maybe coming down a little bit. So another game you might want to get on earlier. I won't be surprised if it got down to four and a half or something before kick. Yeah. I just, who knows what to make of Miami? Like I even said that last week, how are they going to come, come back off a win? Uh, the first one of the season and it's one of those that could be a letdown, but they, you know, who, who knows even what you make against that against last week with against Hoyer and the Colts. You know, they ended up winning the game, so kudos to them. But do you really take much away from that or not? It's hard to, hard to say. So, um, but yeah, like you said also, I just, I don't, the Buffalo offense just seems broken and Allen can probably make some deep plays here or there, get something going with his legs, but it just, I've 
I was kind of high on him coming into the season, and I just really haven't been all that impressed whatsoever with him as a quarterback. He just kind of seems like a like an athlete playing the quarterback position that will occasionally make some plays, but you don't really want to count on him. So, no, nah, I really don't have any interest in laying the Buffalo here. So, if anything, I would take Miami. But it just feels like, yeah, I think the value is kind of starting to catch up with them. And this is more towards what we thought Miami should be valued at with Fitzpatrick and over Rosen uh, from a few weeks ago. I think this is probably about right. So, <coughs> for me, I uh, I stay away from this one. And uh, this is another one that I don't even think is really all that interesting to watch either. Uh, but we'll we'll see. I'm sure it'll be on one of the side TVs. Next game should be a good one to watch. Uh, probably the best of the, the early bunch. We got Houston heading to Baltimore. Looks like Baltimore is a four, four-and-a-half point home favorite here with a total of 49.50. Yeah, my power rating here, Baltimore five-and-a-half. Look at line, Baltimore five. Westgate open, Baltimore four-and-a-half. Totally, you're open 49. Um, it, 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 uh, it seems to me, it's kind of surprising. You think that um, Baltimore would have been taking money and after another impressive win where they just absolutely dominated Cincy and in a pretty bad spot, obviously bet against them last week, like I mentioned earlier. And you'd think that Baltimore would be kind of taking, you know, going the other way from where the look at was. So the fact that it's coming down, uh, when Houston didn't play and they're coming up a bye is a little mysterious to me. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, that's just long term. You think you'd want to just take Houston here in the points being a competitive game where you have these, you know, to me, it seems like these two teams are kind of the same. They have these kind of similar quarterbacks and defenses that are capable and both kind of, you know, fringe fringe playoff to really good playoff teams. I mean, they're kind of both in that same little nutshell there. But, yeah, to, to me, I don't know. I'm just, I am just I think normally I would take Houston here. We'll look at the Houston side. But I think I'm a little more hesitant. I think this Baltimore team is, is, is pretty pretty for real. I don't know. I think it's I think Lamar's going to be tough to stop for these 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 teams, and I think we've we've seen it now for a couple of weeks. We saw it in New England, and I think Houston might have a little bit tougher time to uh, to stop them. But at the same time, I mean, how many times can Baltimore keep getting up for these games and 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 keep performing so well? I mean, they can't keep you know out out doing their expectations every week. I mean, at some point they got to have a little bit of a letdown spot. So I don't know. To me, this is a, like you said, a game that's going to be good to watch, but a, really a game I I don't have any opinion side or total. I, I like the over quite a bit in this one. I think both these offenses are above average offenses and probably top 10. And I think both these defenses are questionable at best. So you're getting a pretty fair number here at 49 and a half. I think the only thing that worries me with Baltimore totals is if they do just start killing the clock, you know, that, that, that can be deadly for an over. But on the flip side of that, the fact that Harbaugh is like fully embracing analytics here. Even last week, I took some under in the second half, and there was a fourth and four at like the whatever forty, you know, forty yard line or so, and he went for it, which you know is good either way for the over. You'd much rather see that than the the punt to down in the ten yard line that just kind of kills the points and is going to bleed clock. So I'd much rather have that aggressive coaching style uh, with an over than I would with an under. And then you look at Houston, and I think they're not quite of a dead nuts over team as as some teams, but I think they're definitely on the over side of things. And if they get somebody that wants to play a similar way that they do and kind of go up and down the field, uh, I think they definitely have the makings to, to play an over game. So when you're talking about a pretty reasonable, like 49 and a half or even 50, somewhere in there, uh, I just think if, if one or two big plays or fluky turnovers happens here, I think this gets over 
fairly easily, and uh, that's that's the way I would look the most. I, I definitely lean Houston as well off a of buy here. I think they're probably a little bit undervalued, and I think Baltimore's has to be overvalued a little bit at this point, even though this point spread hasn't gotten out of control. I just think, you know, they, yeah, they beat up on the Bengals last week. Good for them, and they, no doubt about it, they've been impressive beating the Patriots on Sunday night there pretty pretty handily, and then going into Seattle and winning that game too. So you got to give them credit, even though I've been uh, not a little bit of a Raven skeptic here. I just think against against a good, I mean, I guess I don't know what is a good team anymore, but I just it feels like they're going to have some bumps ahead. I guess is kind of what I'm thinking, and uh, I'm not saying Bill O'Brien's going to be the one to scheme up a plan to stop Lamar. But it just seems to me like uh, Watson will at least be able to match him points-wise. And this is a game I think they can kind of go either way. So give me more than a field goal here. And I'll take uh, I'll take Houston, but even more so, I, I like the over. All right, on to the late games. Looks like we got three late games this week. First up, we got an NFC West battle. Arizona heading to San Francisco. San Francisco, 11, 11.5 point home favorite here with a total of 45.5. In my power rating here, uh, San Francisco minus 12, look headline, San Francisco 14, Westgate open, San Francisco 12, and the total here open 45 and a half. Uh, another game, just not going to be that entertaining, and obviously uh, Thursday night there a few weeks ago, the same game here, so uh, what was that, two weeks ago, I think, right? Um, San, uh, San Francisco went into Arizona. What was that point spread? It was Halloween. Yeah, I think the point spread came in at, what, four and a half, five. And that was a close game. I don't know. It's more. I don't even know what the. I know the game was close, but it was like sure. ten and a half. Yeah, ten and a half. So that's I what, had. I took San Francisco in my eliminator deal. Yeah, that's what it was. I was yeah, then I think it, the score ended up being uh, somewhere like that. So yeah, Arizona obviously covered a game I didn't really have a whole lot of interest in um, and didn't bet it at all. So that's why I don't know, know offhand. But so yeah, it's kind of with that. It's kind of funny here because now you're going to San Francisco at home, which would be, you know, just take the basic six points, which is probably a little bit less than with Arizona having a weaker home field because not being a better, as good of a team maybe, but still five points or so, I think minimum. And uh, you're still seeing about the same point spread, um, even though the home fields are being switched. I think that's a pretty big, pretty big indicator right there of value. I think, you know, first off, when I was looking through this game, I thought Arizona might be worth a look here at anything more than over 10. But, you know, just looking at that alone, just from a value perspective, it's just not, uh, you know, you're not really, you're really not beating the market there at all. And uh, you're you're getting Arizona at a lot uh, big devaluation for sure from a couple weeks ago. And just that was only two weeks ago. So it's not like there a whole lot has changed or any injuries or anything else. And I'd, I'd argue I think San Francisco, I mean, yeah, I guess they have a few question marks, but their offensive line, I think, has been a big problem. And, uh, they they got some people healthy last week against Seattle, so I think that's going to be helpful too for them. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. To me, it just comes becomes a question of value. I just uh, I just don't know if I can get there with Arizona. Yeah, I'd, I don't know. I'd I'd want to take Arizona just because you're getting so many points. And I don't think San Francisco's a. I don't really like their offense to to blow people out, but I wish they would have looked really impressive and won against Seattle in a big primetime spot there on Monday. And then I really would have liked Arizona, especially this would have gone up a couple points. But the fact that you'd sure think San Francisco will be looking for a bounce back spot. Uh, and then Arizona goes to Tampa and other back on the West Coast, but on the road again. It doesn't really set up for, I don't think it sets up a, a great, great spot either way. But I was hoping it would have been a nice Arizona spot and I would have came in on them 
uh, betting against San Francisco, but I just, I don't know. I'd, I, I would, this, I'd still look towards Arizona because I, even though that game on Thursday night, I mean, you got to take all Thursday nighters with a grain of salt. And even on that one in particular, the fact that they only lost by three, I think was a little fluky. They went down on the opening drive and scored right away. And then after that, they pretty much got dominated for a majority of that game until they came back late and made the final score look better than it really was. So, uh, I, I wouldn't take away much from that result. I think it, the Niners did pretty much dominate them. And I could see them doing that again, but, um, I don't know. I just, it, Arizona's been playing a lot of kind of competitive games. They, they got blown out by the Saints a couple weeks ago. But other than that, you know, the last week against Tampa, I, I like Tampa and I had a little bit on them last week. And I just kept expecting them to kind of put Arizona away and they just couldn't do it. And then I know it's a lot because the Tampa's defense is pretty putrid, whereas the Niners are, is probably the best in the league. So maybe, uh, you know, you don't want to take too much away from that last week. It just, it just goes back to, like I said earlier, San Francisco's not a team I want to lay double digits with. I just don't trust their offense enough and, and, uh, I just don't think they have enough playmakers. And I don't totally trust Jimmy G either. So for me, it's Arizona or pass, but I'm not, not super interested in, in Arizona. Uh, alright, probably the best of the afternoon games. We got New England heading to Philadelphia. New England laying three and a half here on the road with a total of 44 and a half. Yeah, my power rain here, New England, two and a half. Look headline, New England, three, and the Westgate open. New England, three and a half, and the total year open, 46. Of course, both teams here coming off a bye. Um, to me, this is pretty, you know, it's fairly simple. I mean, I think there's some value on Philadelphia, like my numbers would suggest. But, again, you look at the spot and, and New England's pedigree, it's just something that I've kind of gotten burned a few times this year, and I'm just I'm, I'm just not going to step in front of it. I just kind of got to stop myself even like I said, I think there's some value and a little, you know, a decent amount of value at that. Uh, probably a full point, according to my numbers, going through a key number of, 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 you know, three and a half to three and then three to two and a half. But either way, it just, uh, it just hasn't been a profitable proposition betting against New England since Belichick and Brady have been in the league. And, uh, in this year, it's been kind of tough for tough too. A few times I have gone against them, gotten burned, like I said. So, um, and then especially with this team with Philly. I just I think they've kind of are getting overhyped a little bit too. I don't know if they're necessarily a, a, a great buy spot for them. Um, I, I would think they could hang with them here, but at the same time, uh, now that Dallas lost last week, and now that now the talk is Philly's gonna be able to take the division, you know, pretty easily with their easy schedule after this game, and you know, coming in as opposed to Dallas. And I just feel like Philly's kind of getting in the headlights here, and um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just not really sure if this team is actually that good, if they've gotten that much better, or. Or what? So I think it will be a really interesting game. I just don't have a really strong feel about Philadelphia. And if I'm going to be betting against New England, especially in a spot like this after they come off a loss with the bye, it's just a really good spot for New England. Um, it just, it, you know, I just, I just don't have enough faith in this Philly team of where they're at right now. And uh, like I said, they could be a really good team, but I think they could also be a, you know, a, a below average team too. I just really don't know. Uh, so, and, and I've been a little bit iffy on wins. So I think all around, I just have, uh, not enough certainty here to go on the Philadelphia side against New England. So, yeah, lean Philadelphia, but I'm not going to be able to get to the window, I don't think. Yeah, I just don't think we know enough about either of these teams, really. I mean, New England's, their best win is the Browns or the Bills. Like, neither of those, especially after watching that game last week when they played each other, and neither of those teams are world beaters. And other than that, they've just been beating up on the Little Sisters of the Poor. So, I, I don't, I really, I mean, I'm sure New England's good, but... If if it was if they were the you know the Bills or the Niners or insert team that hasn't been great for a while, 
would they be even getting like any respect? Or would people say like, boy, this is a fraudulent eight and one team. I can't wait to bet against them. I think that's kind of, they have that profile. So maybe New England's good, especially Belichick off a bye. Not something I really want to step in front of. Uh, but just, I think I could see them being anywhere from really good to, you know, pretty mediocre. And they just got an inflated record with good coaching that's got them there against bad teams. But then you look at Philly. And, you know, the last couple of weeks they beat the Bears and, and the Bills, and they, they crushed the Bills. So you got to give them some credit for that, uh, although not a ton. And then they got destroyed by the Vikings and the Cowboys a couple of weeks before that. So I would lean on them being a little bit of a fraud. But then you go back and they had that win on a Thursday night against the Packers, which kind of trips me up because I think you got to – I'm not all that high on the Packers, but I think you still got to give them a decent amount of credit for when you – Combine that with wins over the Bills and Bears and, and and whatnot. So I'm not really sure what to make of either of these teams. And, uh, you know, I think this line seems about right. So I think for me, this is, this is a pretty easy pass here and, uh, definitely one I'll be watching. Just, uh, pretty, I'll be a pretty interested spectator, uh, as much as one can be, I guess, without having any financial investment in the game. Uh, the, Last afternoon game, we got Cincinnati heading to Oakland. It's like Oakland. It's hard to believe, but Oakland's a double-digit favorite here at home, 10, 10.5, and, and a total of 48.5. Yeah, my power rating here, Oakland 12.5, look at line, Oakland 8, uh, Westgate open, Oakland 10.5, and, and the total here open 48.5. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We, 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 we both had Cincy last week, and I released him as a play, and like I said, just out of principle, but just tough to tough for me to be able to back them here the rest of the year until they show me something. I mean, they were, I mean, down against Baltimore and they really weren't even, you know, trying to do anything. Like they weren't even trying to compete really. They're, it's almost like they were trying to, you know, get the game over with. That's what it felt like watching the game. And, uh, Lamar was doing, you know, doing whatever he wanted to pretty much and saw the few couple, you know, marquee plays in that game. But it just, I think it really has. looked like a quit. Yeah, the defense looked like a quip, but then it's just really tough when you have this, this Finley. I just, I mean, he doesn't, didn't do anything. And like I said, maybe it's just the scheme that they're coming up with and they're just giving up type of thing, but it's, uh, or at least they gave up last game, but it just, I don't have any faith. At least if Dalton was in there, I'd have some faith that he could put up some points and maybe look over or something. But the fact that, you know, this Finley, he kind of reminds me, he's kind of similar to me as, um, uh, to the, for the Washington quarterback Askins. It just seems like I don't have any faith that he, they can get anything going. And I think Finley has a more, I don't know as much. I'm not as confident about that assessment as I am with Haskins, but I think that's kind of the sense I'm getting. So to me, it's just I, 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 I'm not going to be able to lay this many points with Oakland, but I mean, I, I just can't imagine betting on Cincy myself right now. I just don't think I can do it. So uh, to me, it's uh, it, it's got to be Oakland or pass, and it's just really tough to get the window with that many points. And I guess I, I guess yeah. I'd also lean over as well. Yep, totally agree across the board. Zero interest in betting Cincy till. So we see signs of life at, 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 on some unit. I, they just looked pitiful last week. And and like you said, it was a home run spot against Baltimore. And the fact that they weren't competitive or even hung around for a bit, you know, they just they got absolutely trucked from the from the opening kickoff. It was a little worrisome. It just looked like they weren't even trying. And the Raiders, you know, at 5-4, and four, they're actually a half game back in the AFC West, which is pretty hard to imagine. So I think they'll be motivated. They've had a little extra time to prepare here off the Thursday nighter. So I think this point spread, you know, double digits is warranted. But I, I just don't think I can get to the window laying double digits with Oakland. But that's the only way I would look as well. 
Uh, all right, Sunday Nighter looked like a potential game of the year coming into the year, but not so much now. Now we got a couple fringe NFC playoff teams. Got Chicago heading to the Rams. Uh, looks like the Rams are six and a half point home favorites here with a total of forty and a half. Yeah, I guess if you want to call Chicago a fringe N- uh, playoff, NFC playoff team, then maybe. But I think uh, they've kind of sailed, sailed. That ship has kind of sailed for them. At least I would hope so. From a uh, you know yeah. NFC North, now they're four and five. I mean, yeah, they get, I suppose if they if they beat the Vikings again, then they get the tiebreaker over them. You know, I don't know. They if they get, if they got to what ten and six, I think they have a chance to make it. But who who knows? You might be right. I don't think they're going to do it. I'm just. Yeah, you know, they're definitely. I think they should, they're going to play as if they have the motivation of a team that is kind of in a muscling situation. I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, here for this game here, I have uh, my power rating Rams minus seven. Look headline Rams seven and a half. Westgate open Rams six and a half, and the total here open forty two. And yeah, it's kind of a shame. I think the the best way to bet this game would be under, and it's already just gotten jammed down. It's forty forty and a half. So you're in, especially those low point spreads, or sorry, low totals. It's just, uh, you know, every point counts and especially going through some key numbers there. 42 is a key number for the total or relatively key and then 41 also. And yeah, you're missing both of those. It's just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you're really getting much value left in that, uh, total, but yeah, that's, that's the way I would look or I'd still lean that way under the total. But, uh, side perspective, it's just, yeah, boy, I don't know. This Rams team, I feel, I feel like I've had one of my biggest bet, bets last week, uh, not me personally, but from a group and uh, on the Rams. And it's just, uh, you know, I kind of could see it, but at the same time, it was just tough for me to do it or my, it's just like I could back it myself. And it just, feel, I feel like I've had money on the Rams here several times this year and just feel like, okay, now this is the spot they're going to get right or this is the spot they're going to get back, uh, you know, to where they were last season or, season before and you know that McVay's going to show that he's one of the best coaches in the league and, and maybe Goff will show some at least signs of why they're the biggest you know the highest paid quarterback in the league but I mean I just haven't seen it at all I, I know a lot of it has to do with that offensive line but I don't think that's going to really change either this game so I mean I, I, I don't know it's just really tough for me to trust the Rams laying this many points uh but you know on the flip side you have Chicago and Trubisky that I just don't trust at all either so like I said I just the, the best way uh, for me to look at this game would be under um, but you just, it comes, it becomes a question of value. And then, and, and yeah, from a side perspective, it just, uh, I, I don't know, especially now that there's no sevens available. It's, uh, but yeah, the only way I can look would be Chicago getting the points. I feel like this is going to be a, a low, kind of ugly game. Or there's not a whole lot of offense. So yeah, the only way I could look then, uh, obviously A, B to lead to C, obviously I'd have to take the Chicago on the points. Yeah, I, I hate the fact that it has got hit down here below 41, but I definitely like the under two. You got two. According to DVOA, two top five defenses and two offenses in the 20s. And I think the Rams offense, even though it's at 21 here, is trending downward. It just seems like they've been lost here for a while. I mean, they they beat the Bengals a couple weeks ago which in London, which we know how awful they are now. And then the Falcons, they had a get-right game at them a few weeks ago when they were in the middle of a pretty big funk. So other than that, they've been pretty pitiful here for a month and a half. I mean, I guess they could have stole that game again in Seattle. I'll give them that, but uh, you know they got beat pretty pretty easily, or you know the, not they weren't. Well, not like they got it stolen from against Tampa Bay, and then they got just pummeled by the Niners, and then last week was a pretty thorough beating up too. I mean, they got that uh, fumble six on the first drive, or right or way early in the game, and figured, okay, here's you know let's just get right against a 
pretty poor Steelers team and keep the winning streak going, and all of a sudden they're going to be 6-3, and three and people are going to say, what about the Rams? And then they got absolutely nothing done offensively whatsoever after that. They only scored five more points the whole game. So their defense scored, what, nine points, and their offense scored three. I know it's a good Steelers team, but I just – Goff just doesn't look great, and and uh, Gurley doesn't look great, and then with Cooks out, it's just – they just don't – I don't know. It's it's kind of weird to say with this Rams team, who's one of the most explosive offenses last year, but it just doesn't seem like they have much going whatsoever. And I think a lot of that is contributed to Goff. I just haven't been all that impressed with him whatsoever. And so it's like, all right, here you can come in on Chicago. I think that's still the way I would look, catching this many points and what I think is going to be a real low-scoring game. But, I mean, they snapped their four-game winning streak with – the, the the Driscoll experience coming to coming to them in Chicago and they still only won the game by seven. So it's it's just amazing to me how they can't get anything going whatsoever with Trubisky. Uh not that I think he's great, but they can't, how can they can't they come up with like a poor man's version of the Lamar Jackson offense where they're doing some RPO stuff and moving Trubisky out and at least kind of making defenses uncomfortable. I just can't believe they can't figure out anything. Uh, and a couple times we have watched them, they started throwing the ball deep. All of a sudden, they started having a little bit of success. So I don't understand why they don't just do that out of the shoot, and maybe they will, especially, like we said, in a 4-5. and five, It's got to feel like quite a bit like a must-win spot here. So maybe they'll kind of pull out their bag of tricks and try to get something going. Um, and hopefully that's the case because I think they can they can at least, at least be a little bit more interesting uh, doing that and have a chance to be more successful on offense. So. I, I lean Chicago here, and, I, and even even at this lower number, I still uh, would like the under as well. All right, Monday night, uh, I think in Mexico City this time, unless the field's unplayable like it was last year. You got an AFC West battle. What? Yeah, I said you never know. I guess we'll have to wait. It's game time decision. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah the field, game time yeah. decision. Uh, I got Kansas City here laying three and a half, uh, you know, quote-unquote on the road here. Uh, and the Chargers are in a total of 52 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, uh, Kansas City four and a half. Look headline, Kansas City three. Westgate open, Kansas City four and a half. And the total here open, kind of strange here, open 49 and a half and then reopened like an hour later or, or took some money at 53, at least at the Westgate. So I'm not really sure what happened there. Uh, I'm a little confused. Uh, it might have been something as simple as they forgot they were playing in Mexico City. I, I don't know. Um, who, who knows? I guess you'd have to ask uh, one of the directors over there at the Westgate to see what happened, but, uh, that's, uh, what it was. And so, yeah, it looks like a little bit of money under here, uh, from that, uh, you'd think the the second opener being 53, but, uh, yeah, this is an interesting game, I think. Um, I, I bet against Kansas City last week and uh, they kind of blew that game for sure. I know you were on some money line parlays on, on, on Kansas City and, uh, they definitely deserve to win that game. I think, the biggest thing that, that scares me from the Kansas City side is just that defense. The, the defense just seems to be getting just rolled over. Uh, that Tennessee, they just basically did whatever they wanted to against that, that defense. That's where a lot of it I had the, and under in that game last week as well as the Tennessee side and a lot of the handicap had to do with, okay, the way you beat Kansas City is keep the ball out of Mahomes hand and, and ground and pound and run the ball. And I figured, with Kansas City's defense being pretty weak up front and just not being good altogether and Tennessee being pretty, you know, strong unit running ball. You know, I just figured they'd be able to 
to, to, to melt the clock and, and, and take some time off the board. But the problem is, is it was the Kansas City's defense was so bad, they would get some big plays and they just could have these huge holes and they just weren't able to do anything. So um, with that being said, going into this game, I just feel like, uh, you know, the, the total, I think the only way you can look here is over, especially when you look at a, a higher altitude area where the defense is probably going to get gassed, you would think, uh, later in the game. So, you know, second half overs and stuff, you know, pretty simple handicap. I think that's where you'd want to look. And then from a side perspective, I think uh, I, I like the Kansas City side here. I don't like playing the extra hook, but I think that's the only way I could look right now, and we'll kind of see where this line goes. I, I, I'm not really sure. I don't have a good sense. Of my numbers have this game a little bit higher, but you know, to, to market, it just seems like it might uh, might come down a tad towards uh, towards three as opposed to going up, and, and at least uh, maybe a little bit wishful thinking. I hope that's the case because if I do get a three or uh, at all, I may maybe even pay some extra juice up to maybe 120 for uh, the Kansas City side here. Because I think that, uh, especially because Mahomes, uh, that was the other big part of the handicap last week. I thought he might be pretty dinged up and not 100%, but he looked uh, almost fully healthy. And uh, obviously just another week and being on a Monday night, he's going to even have more time to prepare and more time to heal up. So I think, uh, you know, the Kansas City is the way to look here and then look over. Yeah, to me this just feels... It just feels like we've seen this game a bunch of times, and it just seems like the Chargers are live in this point spread range to not necessarily win, but to lose a heartbreaker by a field goal and, and somehow get the money. This just seems kind of like the profile. I mean, the, the Mexico City thing kind of throws throws it off a little bit or puts it in a question, and just makes it a little bit more unknown. But I, I don't know. I don't really have much to back that. I, I definitely think Kansas City is the better team, and and we're talking about the AFC West here. It's a pretty pivotal game. When uh, you know six and four Kansas City and four and six Chargers, if the Chargers win this, uh, you know it could be a uh, like I said, still be a game back. But you could have all three of those teams right there with throwing Oakland in the mix. So I think you're going to get a pretty good effort from both teams here. And I think on Denver with, already. Uh, I have Denver beats the Vikes. They'll be four and six as well. You know, maybe we'll have <laughs> a four-way duel here in the AFC West. Locked um, in. Battle. I do agree. <laughs> I do agree with the uh, the overcall. It just I don't know. I, I, Kansas City's defense was so bad last week, and that was against Tennessee, who we we know is just completely inept offensively. So I think the Chargers, like I said, they've played a lot of lower scoring games for whatever reason over the last couple months. But I think I made a case it was either last week or the week before that even though those scores are lower, I think that's pretty misleading. I think they are definitely. Uh, more of an over team, so I would, uh, and then when you also pair them up against the Chiefs, so we know are an over team, uh, it's, uh, to me, it just screams over, and I think that's where, why the number's up where it's at, I mean, like you said, uh, putting the alt- up an altitude factor too, so you're going to get, you know, potentially more field goals, and the ball's going to travel a little further, uh, to, to me, it just has all the makings, the only, the only downside, I think, would be the fact that it's a division game, where they both need it, uh, to, you know, is, isn't necessarily a great overspot. So that's about the only counter case I can make for that. And the fact that the number's up at 52, it's on the on the higher side, obviously. But to me, I don't love the side necessarily, but I just, you know, gun to my head, I'll just take the points and what I think is going to be kind of a back-and-forth shootout-type game. And, uh, yeah, like the over more than anything here on this Monday-nighter. All right, they'll do it. Week 11 card is uh, as every game. So let's go ahead and finish up the pod and do our picks of the week. The AS Pick of the Week. 
All right, so last week you had the over in the Tampa-Arizona game, which got a tiny bit dicey, but it was definitely the right side and ended up getting there, scoring 57 points. And I had the Panthers, and they were down eight, driving in the snow to uh, potentially tie the game or lose by two, and they got stopped at about the two-inch line. So I lost last week, and you won. That gets us both to four and five on the year. Uh, but you do take the T-Box back. So where are you looking this week for your pick of the week? Yeah, boy, this is, uh, I've had a, several weeks here and the results haven't necessarily yielded, but, uh, definitely had some, you know, some pretty good looking cards. This, this card I think is a little bit tougher for me for sure. I'm sure you could tell that from the pod, uh, listening to it. It definitely wasn't, uh, you know, a bunch of huge opinions. And then there's a few games you can still be. Yeah, I definitely, from a release plays perspective, uh, for the weekend, you can expect a, a little bit lighter card for me, not have up a four or five plays like I've had the last week or two here. But, um, yeah, pick of the week here. I think uh, probably the game I had the most conviction of, I'd say. So I'm going to not, – not a game I absolutely love, but at this point in the week, I feel like, like I said, where the number's going to go uh, and everything else considered, I think it would be my my one bet I have to go with, and that is uh, you're going to have to swallow the, the game, swallow the pill and watch the game. That will be the, the Jets here. Getting the point, uh, what is it, point, point and a half. I guess we got to come up with the number. What, uh, you know, you call it, whatever you think. Uh, I'll just take the Jets. Only a point, half point and a half. All right, so I'll take uh, the Jets plus one and a half there on the road against Washington for the pick of the week. Yeah, it was definitely, that was on my short list. I was uh, thinking about that as well. Um, Double down? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if we've done that. I'm sure we've done that at some point, but we haven't done it in a while. I don't think we ever. Um, I just think that, yeah, maybe I know we've used the same game either. Oh, like yeah, I like teased it, you've been yeah. on it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think we. I think you're right. I don't think we've ever both been on it straight. Um, that just seems like you're just begging for trouble though to double up on the Jets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a in a pick 'em spread range, basically. Uh, I'm gonna go to my other one. Yeah. I'm gonna go to the other one I like quite a bit, and I'm gonna take the over in the Houston Baltimore game. Uh, I think there's still quite a bit of 49 and a half, isn't there? Yep. So I'll go ahead and take over 49 and a half there. I think that just seems like one of those Twitter games where people are like, oh my God, can you believe what Lamar just did? Then holy cow, Watson came back and did that. And, uh, you know, maybe that's a little bit of a square bear play, but I think both those teams are pretty big over teams, and I think that's a pretty manageable number to get over that. You got the, uh, and then a game that, is important in the AFC, but it's not like a necessarily must-win. The defenses are going to be, you know, playing with their hair on fire type atmosphere. So, I think that should be a fun one. But all right, uh, any concluding thoughts here on the Week Eleven pod? No, that's it. Yeah, hopefully I can get a little better card next week. But yeah, it's crazy in Week Eleven already how it's winding down. It just feels like the football season just got here. And I'm not gonna lie, it hasn't been my best season. I'm looking at uh, my first losing season in about four years, so uh, me personally, at least. So, yeah, I'm definitely trying to get back and rebound here and get back into a profitable area before the end of the season for sure. All right, well, let's get her going. Yeah, after after this, we only got what six weeks left, so getting down to the home stretch here, and uh, we have a lot of a lot of good games coming up for the playoff battles here, especially in the NFC. And then, uh, yeah, we'll try to keep phasing out. More and more of these garbage teams like the uh, the Bengals and the Jets and Washington and whatever. But, uh, yeah, fun fun time here down the stretch. Uh, hopefully the Vikings can keep her going as a, as a fan and take care of business at Denver before a little bye. 
heading into the, the holiday season here. So best of luck, everybody, in week 11, and we will be back next week to do a little recap and look ahead to week 12. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.